Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, it is summertime, which means it's time for road trips, right? Let's just be honest. How many of you saw yourself as one of those characters we just saw? Can, you just, just, can we just be honest this morning? We're in church, right? Just a few of you. How many of you saw someone that you travel with in one of those characters? And it's okay to point today. I just want you to know, normally I say don't point, but today it's okay to point. Uh, used to, my wife used to be the person that would take a nap. So literally before we hit the city limits on our way out of town, she was asleep. Um, I will neither confirm nor deny that Bobby Bladder would be me and maybe even the last few months, I don't know, on a, on a road trip that I was on. But um, this week, about, I think it was Tuesday, I was having lunch with some of the staff. And really, there's kind of sort of two kinds of drivers on road trips. There's that one that we saw in the video. Okay, the GPS says I can make it in this time. I'm supposed to be here. And you try to beat the GPS, right? No, no bathroom breaks, no snacks, nothing, nothing. We're going. Um, there's that kind of driver. And then there's the driver who just gets distracted by everything, right? They're like, oh, that's cool. Let's go. Oh, that's neat. Let's go. Right? And they don't care about what time they get there. They're just, and so we were having lunch with the staff and I asked them, what kind of driver are you on a road trip? And one of our staff members tells us a story and I want to share it with you this morning, um, but I want to not give their name. Um, because I don't want them to be embarrassed, but their title is student pastor, just so you know. Um, so, so we're sitting there, and Ben says, he goes, well, I was, I was going to see my sister. She had her first kid. It was my first niece-nephew thing going on, and so I was traveling down to San Antonio to see her. So leaving North Dallas, going to San Antonio. He said, I got about an hour and a half north of San Antonio. He goes, I don't really know where I was at. He said, but I was driving down the road and I saw this beautiful golf course. And I thought, hmm. So we pulled over. And he happened to play nine holes of golf on his way to see his sister's brand new baby. And we just assumed, right? We just assumed, okay, he was probably 16. You know, he just got his driver's license. And so that, that was the assumption. And so Sean, who you just saw up here, she goes, Ben, how long ago was that? And he goes, oh, I don't know, two or three months. Who does that? Who stops and plays golf on the way? Anyway, so road trips can be fun, but road trips really are nothing more than the time in between, right? In between our destination, where our, in between our starting point and our finishing point. It's that time in between. And when we look at it that way, sometimes the in between is incredibly uncomfortable. A few weeks back, uh, our boys came to visit us and we were gonna go to this go-kart racing track thing. And uh, my wife's vehicle seats five people. Well, there was five of us, my oldest son, Caleb, my youngest son, Joshua, and our other son, Jack. And so we were fighting who was gonna sit, guess where? In the middle. Do you know why? Nobody wants to sit in the middle, right? It's very uncomfortable. No one likes the in-between. But what about life? Many times in life, not just road trips, but many times in life, we find ourselves in the in-between. And most of the time we do like we do on a road trip, we just kind of put it on cruise control, right? Because it can be uncomfortable. Um, it can be like almost like a waste of time. We, some people like to sleep during a road trip because they're like, man, if I close my eyes and open my eyes, then it's over. Like I don't have to put up with it. No one wants to do that. That in-between 
time in life. And that's what we're gonna talk about today are the in-betweens. Because many times we believe that when we're in-between, whether it's in-between relationships, maybe it's like right now, summer, and our culture is an in-between time, in-between the spring semester and the fall semester for parents, for kids, students, those types of things. Maybe we're in-between vehicles. Maybe you're in between houses, right? It's a great housing market to sell in right now, not so great of a housing market to buy in right now. And that, that is where I find myself right now. Uh, we're in between. When we came here just over a year ago, um, we did not sell our home in Odessa because we have a, one of our boys is still living there. And so this is what we decided to do in the meantime. This is where we live. We bought a camper. And can I tell you, that we're perfectly okay with this, but this changes the way we do life. It's sometimes it's uncomfortable. Someone just asked me just a few minutes ago, so on a really hot day, how does your camper work? Like, how does it keep up? And I said, it's about 20 degrees cooler in the camper than it is outside. And so when it's 105 outside, it's 85 in the camper. And so sometimes it can be uncomfortable. But this is the thing. I know, and I'm okay with this because it's in between. It's not gonna last forever. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a story in Acts chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 3. I will put the story on the screen, um, but I just want you to know throughout the talk, I will refer back to it and I will not put it on the screen. So if you want to refer back to it as I go through Acts chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, there are some close to you in the seats. If you don't own a Bible, you can take one of those home. We would absolutely love for you to have it. And the reason I want to look at this story is because about a year ago, when I was reading through this story, I knew the story, but what I realized for the very first time, and I'll point it out as we read through it, is this entire story happens in between, in between destinations, in between the knowns, in between whatever, whatever you want to call it. it. The whole story happened in between, and that makes me look at the story a little bit different today, okay? So if you want to turn to Acts 3, if you're there, uh, we're going to start in verse Number one, one day Peter and John, now let me just stop right now. Um, we're gonna look at three characters today, Peter, John, and a guy named Fred, okay? Fred's name is not mentioned in, the, in this story because he wasn't given a name. And I'm pretty simple and I can remember Fred. So three people, Peter and John are disciples of Jesus. They're one of the very first followers of Jesus. And so they got to hang out with Jesus while he was on earth. So this is who that is. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth, Fred, this is gonna be Fred from now on, okay? Because a man lame from birth gets tiresome when you say it over and over and over. Now, a man lame from birth, Fred, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Next one. Thank you. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, okay, understand, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, they're not to their destination yet. They are in between where they, where they left that afternoon and where they were going the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's ankles 
feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, which is really cool because he never got to go there before. Into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And then verse 11 says, while the man held on to Peter and John. So he's going into the temple for the very first time and he's holding on to Peter and John. All the people were, were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colony. Now, I believe that there are two different perspectives to the story and we're gonna look at both of those today. There's Peter and John's perspective, right? And then there is uh, Fred's perspective. But the question that I want to answer today is this. What do we do with the in-between? What do we do with the in-between? Remember that the in-between is uncomfortable. No one wants to sit in the middle kind of thing. And sometimes we just put it on cruise control and just kind of wait until we get to our destination to have fun or to do whatever. So what do we do with the in-between? Now, I wanna look at Fred's perspective first. And I believe he, he teaches us six different things that we can learn today. And so we're gonna look at all of those and then we're gonna look at Peter and John's perspective and then we're gonna go back and apply it, okay? So that's what we're gonna do today. Number one, that we can learn from Fred. Do what you can. I want you to see what the story doesn't say. The story doesn't say that Fred is sitting at home griping about what he can't do because his legs don't work. That's not what he was doing. Fred knew that he needed money to help provide for himself or his family. We don't know if he was single or had a family. We don't know any of those things, any of those details about Fred. But what we do know is that Fred was doing what he could do. He's like, man, I, I, there, I don't have the ability to be a carpenter or, or whatever the occupations there were in those days. I can't do that. But what I can do is I can have someone help me to the temple gate, beautiful, and I can sit there and ask for money and that will help me or help my family, whatever the case may be. Now, many times when we are in between, you and I just don't know what to do. And that's, that's a reality. But let me, just, let me just add this to this point. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. And I know that sounds weird, like it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. When you're in the middle, there are many things that you know to do. Just like Fred, there's many things. He a man, I don't know what to do in order to earn money, but what I do know is I can ask for help. And so I'm going to get somebody to get me to the temple so I can ask for help. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. So do what you can. Focus on what you can. Number two, surround yourself with the right people. Now, in Fred's day, he, his legs didn't work, okay? Um, and, and the belief was, the thought process behind that was, was he had done something wrong in order to deserve it or his parents had done something wrong in order for him to deserve it. So he was considered unclean, which means no one was supposed to be around him. No one was supposed to touch him. No one was supposed to speak to him. None of those things. He was supposed to be an outcast. He was an outcast in his day. And yet... Somebody, we don't know who, because the story doesn't tell us, but whether it was family, whether it was friends, whether it was neighbors, I don't know, but someone, it said every single day, picked him up, which would not be an easy task 
to pick a grown man up and carry them however far they needed to carry them. Not an easy task. So it was a difficult task. And it was a task that flew in the face of culture because it wasn't even supposed to be around Fred. And yet every single day, someone came and picked him up and carried him to where he needed to be in order to meet his needs, in order to ask for money. We too need people in our lives that will help us get to not necessarily where we want to be, but where we need to be. Surround yourself with the right people, have the right people in your life. Number three, what we can learn from Fred this morning. Change your perspective. Now, if you'll remember in the story, when he asked for money, um, it said that Peter and John looked at him and then Peter said, look at us. Do you know why Peter had to say, look at us? Well, evidently, Fred wasn't looking at them. More than likely because of the shame that he carried, he was looking down. And just think for a minute what he would have seen when he was looking down. He would have seen his legs that didn't work. That was Fred's problem. For his entire life, his legs didn't work and that was his problem. Also what he could have seen, we're gonna call it a cup today because we know because he was unclean in order for someone to give him money, they could not touch him. So he had to have something to receive the money in. It could have been a basket, it could have been many things. But today we're gonna call it a cup just so we're all on the same page. So he could have been looking at his cup, right? He's asked for money and for the, the entirety of his life, they've been putting money in this cup and that helps him meet his needs. And so he's either looking at his problem or he's looking at what he believes is the solution to his problem. And Peter says, hey, quit looking down, look up. And so many times you and I, especially when we're in the in-between, we're kind of in the unknown, where we're kind of off kelter and we're not confident because we're not where we're, where we're going, where we want to be. Sometimes we have, a, we have a problem at looking at our problem. We focus on our problem or we focus on what we believe is the solution to our problem rather than focusing on the God who is in control of our problem and the God who is in control of providing a solution. So for us, we need to focus on God, not the problem or what we think is a solution to our problem. We gotta change our perspective. Number four, what else can we learn from Fred? Receive what is given. Now, I absolutely love this part of the story because Fred, remember, has got his cup and he's asking for money. And at this point, Peter says, I don't have any money, right? We all understand this. If we were in Fred's shoes, think about it. We're looking from his perspective for his entire life. He's asked for money. People have put money in his cup and that has met his needs. And so when Peter says, hey, I don't have any money, most of us would have been, cool, thanks. Appreciate your time. Whatever the case may be, we would have moved on because we, in our minds, we would have known what we believe was a solution to our problem. And it was him putting money in the cup and he didn't have that. But think about what he would have missed out on had he turned them away and said, okay, thanks. Y'all have a good day. He stuck with them and he received what was given. Sometimes, sometimes what we think we need is so much less than what God wants to give. We get in our minds what the solution to our problem is and that's exactly what we want and that's the only thing we focus on and sometimes God has something different in store and because it looks different, we never receive it. And you and I have got to receive what God is giving us because he knows better what meets our needs and what doesn't. So receive what is given, 
Number five, let go of the old and grab onto the new. Now, this one is the most difficult one of all. I will put that out there. I want you to understand, I get it. To let go of the old so you can grab onto the new. But think about, think about Fred in his position. He has a cup in his hand. Now, we know because of the, the, the culture of the day that it, he would have held it in his right hand. That was the hand that you did business with. That's the hand of power. And matter of fact, in the Middle East, it's still that way today. You do business with your right hand. So he would have had his cup or whatever it was in his right hand. And Peter, it says, reached down and grabbed him by his right hand. There's absolutely no way that Peter grabs him by his right hand had he not set his cup down. Now understand how difficult it must have been for him to set that cup down. His entire life, he had been carried to the temple. He sits outside the gate and he asks for money to meet his needs. And every single day for his entire life, the one thing that has collected what he needed in order to survive was in his hand. And he had to set it down. And sometimes you and I, we have got to set down, even if God gave it to us in the past, sometimes we have to set it down in order to pick up what he has for us. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's the most difficult one of all of the things we're gonna learn today. But you only have two hands and you can only grab hold of so many things. And if you don't set something down, you will completely miss what God has for you. So we gotta... Let go of the old and grab onto the new. And then number six, hang on. I absolutely love this in verse 11. It actually goes into an, another part of the scripture, but I added it on there because it says that immediately when he said walk, that the man's feet and his ankles became strong and he got up and was jumping up and down. But when he went into the temple, the place that he had never been able to go before because he was unclean, now he's healed. Now he can go into the temple. When he went into the temple, he was holding on to Peter and John. Now, why do you think he was holding on to Peter and John? This is what I think. His feet and his ankles became strong, so he had the strength to stand up, but he had never stood before. He had never stood up, which means his legs weren't ready to do it on their own. And sometimes God blesses us so big that we better hang on or we're not gonna be able to keep up. And that's what happened with Fred. Now, that's his perspective, but there's another side to this. There's the side of Peter and John. Now, remember Peter and John, uh, what it said in verses one, two, and three, they, they were just going to the temple one day. Um, they were going at three o'clock in the afternoon and they were going to pray. Peter and John, this was not like a holiday, you know, like some people would go to church at Christmas and Easter or whatever. It wasn't something special. It was just an ordinary day that Peter and John were doing what they would normally do as good Jewish boys. They were going to the temple to pray at three o'clock in the afternoon. And on the way, they were faced with this guy named Fred. Now they weren't to the temple, they were on their way to the temple, but they were faced with this guy named Fred. Now realize that Jesus has already come to earth. He had already had his ministry done and Peter and John were part of that for several years. And then Jesus died on the cross and then he came back to life, talked to his disciples and then he went to heaven. Okay, that's where we are. 
This is the first time that Peter and John will perform a miracle without Jesus in their hip pocket. Now they saw Jesus do things like this the whole time he was on earth. He would, he would heal people. He'd bring people back from the dead. He did these kinds of things. And they were even part of some of those things, but they had never done it on their own. So this is a big deal. Peter and John get the opportunity to allow this man who had never walked before to walk. And I want you to realize how simple it was for them in order to do this. Look, look at what they were doing. They were going to the temple to pray. So this is what we learn from Peter and John. Obedience in the ordinary leads to extraordinary opportunity. Now, our lead pastor, Mark, said something very similar to this several weeks ago, if you remember. But obedience in the ordinary leads to extraordinary opportunity. They weren't doing anything special. They were just doing what they knew to do. They were going to the temple at three o'clock to pray and God used them literally to change a man's life forever. That God used them to allow a man to walk who had never walked before. Now the bottom line today, if you miss everything that I said up until now, don't miss this part. Because in the in-between, the space in-between, is where God showed up. So many times we think we have to be at our destination before God can do anything. Or we have to, be, we have to get that sin completely out of our lives or, or we have to be perfect in order for God to use us. And that is just not true. The space in between in this story is where God showed up. It wasn't in the temple. The celebration happened in the temple, but the miracle happened outside the temple. The miracle happened in between. Don't miss that. Because we find ourselves in between all the time. And it's not a time to put on cruise control, to go to sleep, or any of those other things that we like to do on road trips. Stress out, because we gotta get there, we gotta get there, we gotta get there. That's me, just so you know. It's a time that God can work and God can do incredible things. Now, I always want to leave you with application. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go back through the six things that Fred taught us today um, all together. And you can apply these in any in-between situation personally you're in. They work. So you can apply those. But what I wanna do today is I wanna apply it to us as a church. Because a little over a year ago, our lead pastor made an announcement that we were going to launch a North Campus. And in order to do that, if you don't know, uh, I'll try to be as clear as I can because I know some of you are new to this. Um, in order to do that, this building will sell. We will sell this building to a school and then back lease it from the school in order to have services here. And then we will have a campus up north. Now, we don't know how long the school will allow us to rent and to have services here. We don't know that. So there are unknowns which make us uncomfortable, right? We understand this. So we kind of sort of as a church find ourselves in an in-between time. I literally, I was just talking to a man a couple of weeks ago and he was frustrated and rightfully so because when we sell to the school, it, it will change the way we do ministry. Some ministry will have to hit timeout on, some ministry will have to change locations on. We're gonna have to make some changes and those are uncomfortable changes. We all understand this. But what, what you and I can do is take what we've learned from Fred today and apply it to this situation. I just wanna walk you through and, and help us do that. So if you'll put those six things up on the screen. Okay, 
We're in between. We're not where we're going, but we're not where we were. We're in between. Do what you can. Here's the deal. There will come a time when we can't do everything we're currently doing. There will come a time where we look around and we're like, I'm not quite sure what to do. So remember what I said when we don't know what to do? Do what you know to do. We all know to come to church, to serve, to love on people, to uh, share Jesus and build believers. That's what we're here for. So we can always do that. We can always do those things. We can always pray. We can always trust God. There's so many things that you and I can do. So let's not focus on what we can't do. Let's focus on what we can do. Next, surround yourself with the right people. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something with, with as much love and as much grace as I know how to. But with truth, if you have surrounded yourself with people who can only see the fact that things are changing and they don't like change, or if they can only see that some of you didn't even notice that some of the pews are gone out of the back of the auditorium, if, if that's the only thing that they can focus on, the only thing that they can see, you have surrounded yourself with the wrong person, the wrong people. Because remember in our story who Fred surrounded himself with? He surrounded himself with people who could get him to where he needed to be. And we must surround ourselves with people who are gonna help us as a church get to where we need to be. Change your perspective. You and I are really, really good at this because we live in the best country. I know there's all kinds of <laughs> conflict in our world right now, but we still live in the best country in the world. And we normally get what we want, when we want, how we want. But when a problem arises because we are so self-sufficient, you and I do one of two things. We either focus solely on the problem in order to fix it ourselves, or we focus solely on what we believe is the solution to the problem. And what did we learn from Fred today? Sometimes what God has for us is just better. So we need to focus on God who is the solver of our problem and the provider of our solution. Change your perspective and then receive what is given. Again, I, this won't mean in, in this actual scenario, won't mean a lot to some of you but it means the world to me because I think I know better than anyone else. And I, I, I'm kind of arrogant sometimes when it comes to, I, I believe I know what we need. Like I have a picture of it in my head. And so if God provides something else, I'm gonna struggle because I think I know what the solution is. But the fact of the matter is God always knows best, always. So receive what is given. Let go of the old to grab onto the new. Now this one, I told you our first time through is incredibly difficult. And I, I, I wanna say again, I understand. It's like when you go to wherever you go to get a new phone, right? And they save all your stuff in there and they go to hand you your new phone. But in order to get your new phone, you have to sit down your old phone. And, but, but you don't understand. Do you, do you know what this phone's been through with me? I mean, it's been on vacations and I, and I filmed my child's birth and, and I, I did all of these things. Do you understand what I've been through with this phone? Like it broke and I took it and I got it fixed and I spent a lot of money getting it fixed and we've had lots of good memories and good time. And I know some of you are laughing, but that's exactly where we find ourselves when God is asking us to take a step forward.
Sometimes we have to take our old phone, hand it to the person at the store, get our hundred bucks or whatever they're going to give us as a trade-in in order to grab a hold of our new phone. And we're going to have to let go of some things, some things that we've been holding on to for a really long time. Remember Fred, his cup had been the solution to his, to, to his problems and, and met his needs his entire life. Not part of his life, his whole life. And he had to put it down in order to receive what God had. You and I are going to have to let go of some things. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And then hang on. I believe God has some incredible opportunities in front of us. If we'll just be obedient in the ordinary, he has some extraordinary opportunities in front of us. I believe so much that God is going to bless and God is going to do incredible things that about a year ago, I asked my wife to move out of her home, leave her dogs and, her, and the son that was still at home uh, behind and get into a camper in order for us to be a part of what God is going to do here. I believe it. And I hope you do too. But the fact of the matter is there's many things that we have to do in the in-between. And I don't believe that God is gonna wait until we get everything all lined up perfect in a row before he starts blessing. He's already blessing. God's already moving. And in this in-between time, if we will just do the things that we've learned from Fred and be obedient in, in the ordinary things, God has incredible opportunities for you and for me. Because the space in between, it's where God showed up. And I believe he's still showing up today. Would you pray with me today? God, I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm grateful for the truths that we can, we can find in your word. Thank you for this story uh, that the author gives all of these details to that we can that we can just pick apart and apply to our lives. God, whether we're in between relationships or jobs or whatever, we can still apply these same truths. But as a church today, God, together, corporately, we can apply these truths. And God, some of these things are really, 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 really hard to do for us. And so God, what I'm asking you to do, I'm asking for every individual, whether they're in this room or they're at home online, God, that we would walk through these six things over and over and over in our mind and how do we apply them and then apply them to our lives. Because God, I truly, truly believe you have extraordinary opportunities in front of us. But God, there's some steps we have to take on our end in order to receive those. And so God, wherever each individual is, God, wherever they are in their heart, God, I, I pray that they do business with you because you are the God who will show up and you are the God of miracles. And so God, I just ask that every person would search their hearts and wherever we need to apply these truths, God, apply them and move forward and receive what you have for us. Because God, I believe again, you have extraordinary opportunities ahead of us. So God, use us in a way that only you can. God, would you just help us be who you want us to be? Nothing more, nothing less. And it'll be a great ride. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.